on the drive, pull up jumper, it's good! Isaiah Thomas gives the Celtics the lead with 2.4 remaining. Pierce puts it up for the win, knocks it down, Celtics win! Here comes Powell, Powell with Smart defending, oh it's blocked by Smart, what a play! In, Tatum takes it, makes it! Welcome everybody to the Celtics Double Take Podcast. Dylan McCaffrey and James Kwan here again today. The two seed Boston Celtics are 10 and 6 at the moment. We'll talk about the team's struggles against the Sixers and how they turn things around with the Cavs and Bulls. But first things first, as always, we have our best and worst takeaways from the last week. One minute apiece. James, as always, you can go first. First of all, Dylan, I'm loving the clean shave look. I'm a little bit of an even playing field now. But yeah, I'm going to say best thing, Tatum being back, you know? I think it's a big deal for like any team to get their best player back. So it's kind of weird because we have like Brown, we have Kemba. So it's not like the same situation as maybe the Bulls and Levine. But like us getting Tatum back is huge. And he looked great in his return. So that's big for us. We're not the same team without him. Um, we saw that, I think, in those Sixers games. But worst, man, Agent P. Agent P, that, that Pritchard injury was scary. And I, I'm glad it wasn't worse. It looked a lot worse when it happened. In fact, I thought I, I thought for sure it was ACL tear. Um, you, don't see, you don't like to see a knee go that way. But, I mean, it's time for Teague and Carson to step up, right? You know, um, he was kind of developing into, like, somewhat of a dependable scorer at times and kind of gets cut short right when the fire um, starts to pick up. So that was certainly disappointing. I'm just glad that he, he's relatively okay and, you know, excited to see him come back and, you know, probably like a month or something. But I don't know. How about you, Dylan? Watching that live was scary, and we'll get back to that. But I'm going to jump into mine. The The best thing for me this week was Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is top five in the NBA in points per game. Yeah. We asked him to step up to be the, the second role on our team. He did that. When Tatum was gone, we asked him to be the, the leading man on our team. And we were able to win some games with just him and without Tatum. So I was, I've was i been very impressed with Jalen. Super happy with him. The worst thing for me is our, our big men defense. Um, we'll get into it with these Sixers <laughs> games. But uh, it was it was a tough to watch Joel Embiid for two straight nights against Tyson Thompson. That was you know, uh, that was tough for me. With everything changing in the world, Dylan, it's nice to see that some things never change, you know? Some things never change. <laughs> some things never uh, change. We're, we're, how far are we? We're like a month into the season. I think I've had the same thing every week. So yeah, let's just let's just get straight into it. The last time we recorded, um, we were looking ahead to the Sixers, Cavs, and Bulls games. Thankfully, all those games happened. Um, we thought we were going to maybe get Tatum back versus the Sixers. We lost both of those games. And I was really confused for a second there because Tatum was out with COVID for like 17 days. Like I thought it was supposed yeah. to be 10 days, at the most 14. And... Not like, not like, forget symptoms, forget everything else. He tested positive like 17 days before he played again. So that game against the Sixers, the second one, I really thought we were going to have him back, and we didn't. That was super frustrating. But we, we played two games against our, one of our biggest rivals, the Sixers, without our best player. We didn't look terrible, but it, it was also I – mean, there was some problems there. Yeah. I, here's the thing. We were in that game until like the last like three minutes or so. It, we had a lead. Um, we were definitely competitive. And this is why I don't know if I like this two-game series thing. I thought I did. I kind of went into it. I was like, oh, it's kind of like baseball, whatever. It'd be cool. But here's the thing. These games against the Sixers, um, don't get me wrong. We owned them in the playoffs. But there used to be great indicators of where our team was. Um, at least in the last couple of years, it was a great indicator because we had four of them kind of spaced out throughout the year. And we can kind of check in, all right, how do we compete with one of the best teams in the East? 
Now we know how we look like against the Sixers without our best player. Um, we got two games back to back of just not our best basketball. Um, and that's just kind of a waste in my opinion. Like, uh, I don't know if we're ever in a playoff setting. I'd certainly hope that we would have Tatum available. Um, I don't think this is going to be like what the matchup looks like we meet in the playoffs. And it kind of just felt like a waste to me. I don't know. Um, this Sixers team is definitely still good. I don't want to take anything away from them, but I don't know. I just think with Tatum, we win those games. What do you think? I know the first game was completely winnable. We held the lead for a long time. And then at the very yeah. end of the game, like with like about four minutes left, uh, Simmons just went off. Simmons had like a couple just like, like he had some some steel some steel. They went on like layups. a ten zero run. Uh, I guess like he, like he was the catalyst for like a, a run they went on there at the end, and that was just like too much to to come back from late at the end there. But yeah. uh, you know Brown had uh, Brown and Smart had twenty plus that night. Like we saw some good things from our guys. Uh, Tice had twenty three and ten. I'm pretty sure that's Daniel Tice's career high that night. Yeah. But uh, not not to overcome. 42 and 10 from Embiid, 17 of 21 from the free throw line. And the refs don't love the Boston Celtics, but we were so inept to be able to stop Joel Embiid that we honestly, we did foul him every time okay. he tried to back us down. Yeah. This game, this Sixers game, I think was fine. The officiating was fine. We'll talk about the second Sixers game, but this one I thought was okay. I think, I, let, let's listen, man, I've been hard on Tice. And uh, you will not find someone who looks at the faults Tice more than me. This is it was a great game by him. Um, he gave he showed a lot of heart. Uh, did he stop Embiid in any way whatsoever? No. no, but that's we know that he's not capable of that. And he put up his share. He put up his share. He put up anything we can kind of uh, expect from him. But I don't know. I, I just want to. And I'm, I'm going to sound like the Steelers. I'm going to sound like the Steelers. I'm, I'm promising much in the Steelers every podcast. But I'm going to sound like them because of how they talked after that Browns loss. But I have to say it, man. Simmons, he's. We're right back where we started. Like every year, we're right back where we started. We're saying, is he going to make the jump? Is he going to be this, you know, I don't, I did not forget that we, we were comparing him to LeBron in, in his, in his like rookie years and whatever. He was like supposed to be that good. I didn't forget. All right. Maybe the standard now is 10, 10 and 10, but that's not, that wasn't ever the, the standard was 20, 10 and 10. The standard was maybe you'll have a jump shot by year five of his career. None of that has happened. And now he's putting up. We just talked. We just did a video about Lamelo Ball and Tyrese Halliburton. You look at Lamelo Ball's numbers, and per thirty-six, he's putting up silver numbers in Joel Embiid. I mean, sorry, then Ben Simmons. And so you have to look at Simmons and say, like, how is this acceptable that you're scoring like eleven points a game? That maybe you make some plays on defense to get your team back into it, but you're nowhere near the player that we thought you were going to be. And demanding the respect that you're trying to get, I mean. The Sixers must feel like idiots for not going to get Harden now. The, the team would be so much better. I think that the team this year is way better suited to be around Simmons, though. Like, they went and got Seth Curry and Danny Green, and, like, they're playing a lot through Embiid. So I think that that's why he was able to be a difference maker, because they're not relying on him to go create all their buckets at the end. Like, he was able to get steals and play hard defense and feed other guys. So I think it works better with him now. But you're right. Like, he won't be a number one option, like he was a number one overall pick in the draft. He won't be a top three option. He'll just be a playmaker until he can shoot the ball. But I mean, he looks lost in the half court setting. He doesn't know where to be. He doesn't know where to go. And the Sixers, as soon as they start running the ball more through Seth or Tobias Harris or whatnot, I don't know what you do with him. If you're not in the transition, I don't know what you do with him. But I don't want, you know, I just have to make, I just have to make that known. 
I don't think Simmons is that good. Um, I don't think he's the reason why we lost. I know he went on that run late in the game, and he makes a difference, especially on the defensive end. But that was never the expectation for him as X factor. It was number one option, and he's still not there. Um, going back to our number one point guard option, Kemba being back is – we didn't really mention it. Um, it's, it's a good thing. I will say I feel like some players have been timid. I don't know if you've seen the same thing. Since Kemba's return, I feel like some players like, you know, Semi and others, they haven't been – you know, that haven't had that same kind of aggressiveness. I don't know what you've seen from the players since Kemba's return. Well, especially with Pritchard going down, like Kemba being back is essential. Like we need yeah. 20 minutes from a guard now, which he's going to give us. Um, mm-hmm. The first game, he didn't do anything that like really like inspired me very much, the Sixers. The second Sixers game, he had 20 points and they were pretty efficient. And I liked what I saw from him. I think that the perfect version of this team is like, we'll get around to this, but the Bulls last night, you had Tatum and Brown combined for 50. You can slide Kemba in there because Kemba didn't play. Let Tatum and Brown still go off, but if Kemba can drop 20, just like creating his own shots and trying to feed the other guys, I think that's a perfect version of him. And I agree that like when your star player comes back, when your your role players will regress a little bit. Um, but I think that his limited minutes and just the way that this team works this year, I think that we're on a track that Kemba's going to be brought back into the offense and be given an opportunity to succeed. But just... I want to go back to the big men before we uh, like round out yeah, yeah. Kemba because Kemba had a good game against the Cavs. I mean, everyone had a good game against the Cavs, but Embiid in the first game, 42 and 10, 17 of 21 from the free throw line. Embiid in the second game, 38 and 11, 14 of 15 from the free throw line. Dwight Howard in both these games. First game, 10 rebounds in 15 minutes. Second game, 12 rebounds, in 18 minutes. We were absolutely killed on the boards in both of these games. We were talking last time, like we have a back-to-back, like the first game we lose, Brad's gonna make some changes. We come back the next game, we're ready to go. The second game we had Robert Williams, which we didn't have in the first game. And we have we had nothing to stop Joel Embiid. We have, we have, we have nothing. That's the same reason we lost to the Knicks is because we get killed inside. And there was more encouraging things in the Cavs game and in the Bulls game. But in those two games, we, did, we, like, we, don't, we, we had no defensive presence inside and we're getting killed on the glass and it needs to be fixed. Like that is, yeah. I think, the most glaring issue that like other issues I think might be able to improve, but this issue I don't see improving until we bring in someone. Well, so the last two games, after the Sixers, we obviously got just completely exposed on, in, in the interior, right? Yeah. Something interesting I noticed is that uh, in that Bulls win, Tristan Thompson did not take a shot. He did not attempt a field goal. Yep. Um, and it's been that kind of way in the past couple of games. I think what Brad might be telling the, the, the big men is they got to focus up defensively. And aside from that big Tice game um, against the Sixers, I think him as well, I think they're devoting a lot more of their energy toward a defensive end in the last couple of games. And I think that shows, hey, you know, the Cavs, they got some good big men. I mean, they don't have a Joel Embiid. But, you know, in that game, in, in the Bulls game, um, I think we did a lot better of a job. Um, and maybe that's a new route you go when you say, this is what we've been asking Brad Simmons to tell Tice Thompson this whole entire time, is, yeah, you're not going to score the ball, but you might be our Dwight Howards. We need Dwight Howards. We need a guy who's just going to grab boards, do the dirty work, and out hustle the guy on the other team. Maybe that's what we have to get out of, of Rob Will and, and the crew. And maybe that's the new direction Brad's going. I don't know, do you think it's just... T- Thompson is just not a good player, and that's why he's not taking shots anymore? Well, I, 
I don't need Thompson to be taking a lot of shots. Like the, the, the I want him to be taking like Rob Williams type shots where when the opportunity's yeah. there, like Rob, you can just go dunk it. And same with Thompson. Um, definitely not him trying to create his own shot. I don't trust anyone on our team to like have the ball in the post and do a post move and score. And I don't really want them to start because I feel like we've, we know what Tristan Thompson has at this point in his career. Yeah. But I'm glad you brought up the Cavs game because the Cleveland Cavaliers are hogging all the big men in the league. They go out with Drummond, they bring in Jared Allen, and then JaVale McGee. And I assume it's just because they had so many more missed field goals than us and we were getting defensive rebounds. But after getting destroyed on the boards by the Knicks, getting destroyed on the boards by the Sixers, we out-rebounded the Cavs 55-34. to So I don't know what happened between getting embarrassed by Embiid and then coming out. Maybe Drummond is just not that kind of guy, but we, we did put them in their place. So maybe there's like a, some spark that this team can find um, in, in that in that spot, but very yeah. different from the Sixers getting embarrassed to the Cavs game. I mean, we just we just couldn't miss. We were firing on yeah. all cylinders. Jalen Brown now has the most points in NBA history in under 20 minutes played. Um, I'll also say that Tice had 17 versus the Cavs. I mean, everyone did had a great game. Tice also had 19 against the Bulls last night. Eight of 12, three blocks, three steals, and. Uh, He's shooting 63% on the season. So we, we, we hate on Tice a lot, rightfully so, as a starting center. But I, I do think that he's like maybe one of the best backup power forwards in the league. If you categorize him as isn't that, that funny? Isn't that funny that you call him a power forward? Isn't that, isn't that, but isn't that funny? Because he, he's not a I center. Think, I agree. There's, here's, here's, here's the whole like crux of the Tice debate is like, if you're saying like, is he a good center? Like objectively, no. But is he the best center on our team? Especially last year? Unfortunately, kind of. And I guess, but yeah. But here's the better question. Is, is it that we need Tice to play well? Or is it that we need Tice to be the player that he needs to be? Like it, it, at the end of the day, like what we need to get over big men is... It's nice when Tice is a rim runner, when he's active on the offensive end, when he's setting screens, he's in the pick and roll game with Kemba and Tatum and Brown, he's getting involved. But it's the moments, it's more of like, all right, that's great you're scoring 20, but you can't give up 42 to Embiid. It's, exactly. it's great that you're putting up 19, but I would like you to out-rebound the other center one game in your life. Like that, I want, I want you to be a physical force inside. I'm glad that he's getting 19, 20, on, on given nights we saw that last year when he would just randomly have like a, a seven for ten game from three like you know just randomly and listen he and he's going to be serviceable for us going forward as long as he's not the number one option inside but i'm not going to which, which he which he is so which far. he is which he is and that's what i'm going to get on him and i don't want to gloss over this second sixers game before you know as we get into the Cavs and bulls because i think it showed a lot about kind of us as a team inside and who the Sixers are and their new identity is that, listen, if we're going to lose to teams like the Pacers and the Sixers who have great big men who can are multifaceted and can take advantage of Thompson and Tice, then it doesn't even matter what we do in the regular season. It doesn't um, because we're going to beat them in seven games and it's going to be seven games of that. Um, maybe we don't, you say we don't have Tatum against the, the Sixers, but it, playoffs is a whole different deal. Um, and I don't want to harp on this whole Tice thing. Um, I want to say that this Embiid MVP season, um, it comes at a bad time for Tice to prove himself as this guy. Um, I want to go into a little bit. I want you to speak upon, like, I guess, like our ability to stop an Embiid or Sabonis 
when it comes, or even a Bam Adebayo when it comes down to when it matters most. Bam Adebayo or Giannis, like we started the year with the Tice Thompson lineup because that was supposed to be a defensive lineup where we have Smart, Jalen, Tatum, Tyson Thompson. Like that's five good defenders. And it, we haven't played good defense with those five guys, which is why it's kind of been uh, thrown out a little bit. But we've seen versus Embiid two games in a row. Like if we have Tatum, maybe we can win those games. But Embiid's getting 40 on us, and there's no one that can stop it. Maybe Taco can come in and do it. But the fact that Embiid can pull up from three and he's been shooting so well, it kind of makes it hard to bring Taco in in those situations. Um, and, you know, when we go into the, the games against the Bulls and the Cavs, like the, the, we look better. But against Embiid, Bam Adebayo, Giannis, Sabonis, against the best in the league, um, we fall short and Tatum and Brown can make up for that for a long time, but we get to the playoffs and we're playing in bead. And then eventually we're going to play LeBron Sabrina, and Anthony Davis. Yeah, like it's just, it's an absolute necessity that we get a good defensive center, rebounding center. Someone like Andre Drummond would be nice, but just, just, just <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hard to find that piece. It's hard to find someone that's going right. to stop in bead, but to do a better job than Tice, we don't have to look super far. That's true. And this whole Embiid MVP, I'm going to sound like a hater. This MVP tour that we're talking about, it's fraudulent. Like, the Sixers have had a pretty easy schedule. Let, let's look into it, because I'm serious. Let's look into it. Um, the Sixers, again, who, who has Embiid and who, who has Embiid dominated? Who have the Sixers beat? You look at the teams that the Sixers lose to, and it's teams that have big physical centers that can compete against Embiid, and when he faces opposition that is that is uh, basically slightly hard to deal with, they lose. Let's look at the Cavs early in the season. They lose to the Cavs. They got a lot of big men um, down in Cleveland, and they threw a lot of them at Embiid, and then the Sixers lost. Let's look at the Nets. They have to deal with DeAndre Jordan. I believe Jared Allen was still on the team at the time of that game. You look at the Nuggets, another loss against Jokic. Look at the Hawks, the third loss in a row for the Sixers. They have Clint Capella. You look at the Grizzlies. You look at all these teams that have big men to compete with Embiid, and they lose, and he's not as effective. Um, and it's not it's not his fault that he gets to face uh, the Hornets like three times and the Wizards twice and us who don't have a big man to compete with him. It's not Embiid's fault. He's playing great. But come on. He's putting up, he's putting up these numbers because of the schedule, he's, and he's improved. Don't get me wrong. MVP, come on. Like, like, like it, this, this Sixers team is good. They beat us when we didn't have our best player, but they beat us. He's not LeBron. He's not Luka Doncic this year. He's not like, like I don't know where this conversation came from. Am, am I crazy? Am I, am I just a hater? Like, if you look at the I mean, facts. He, he's the reason they beat us two nights in a row because we literally couldn't stop him. We had to foul him every time and he made all his free throws. So he put up 40 points a night. Um, MVP is a big claim. Like you have to be better yeah. than LeBron and Luka Doncic, which I don't think Embiid is. Uh, at least not from what I've seen those two games. Um, yeah, that's just my opinion. So I, I've hated on the big men all season and enough for this episode that I do want to talk about some positive things. Um, Tice scoring is positive. I do think that like when he's not given the task of being a center that he is able to do a little better. So when Rob Williams came back and Tice could come off the bench sometimes, I don't know. I, I like Tice better when I don't have such high expectations for him to guard Joel Embiid. But then Carson Edwards, I loved in the Cavs game. I know everyone's doing well in the Cavs game, but in that game for a period of like five minutes, good. we got the Carson taco pick and roll 
which I've just been waiting for for like two years. Uh, it's the main Red Claw special. It's the G League, yeah, the G League special. And Carson uh, had 18 points in 19 minutes. So you talk about Jalen's 33 and 19. Carson had 18 and 19. And 12 of those points were in three minutes. Like every possession, they just ran through him. And he got 12 points in three minutes. Like he, a couple possessions in a row. And he was getting some assists for guys. So Carson with Pritchard out, with us winning by so much, Carson came in and... In college, he was the best scorer in college. He averaged yeah. the most points per game. So yeah. people were like, these last couple of years, like, oh, he's lost it. Like, I don't think Carson's an NBA talent. Like, maybe he's not an NBA talent, but he can score. That doesn't just go away. So he made his first shot that night. When he makes his first shot, he's a totally different player, as Scal said a right. hundred times. So I was, <laughs> I, I loved what times. I saw from Carson. Um, and then Nate Smith. He's Scal, man. He's, he's picking up a new role. <laughs> Scal, uh, Scal's he's not a great, he's not a great he's not a great broadcast guy but yeah Scal, when he picks a topic to talk about he just he goes he goes <laughs> for the fences he goes all yeah in. he's got his mind on something at the beginning of the game for sure um <laughs> naismith against the Cavs and against the bulls went three of five from three yeah. um it's nice to see the best shooter in the draft making shots finally um he actually was in for the last like three minutes against the uh yeah the bulls last night and you know, Tatum and Brown were still in when he came in and it got to be like a 10 point game. And so it was nice to see him like playing in a somewhat significant scenario. Um, so Carson and Naismith both, both impressed me. Both of them are going to have to uh, step up if Pritchard's going to be out because, you know, we have the stars on this team and then we have a lot of role players like Semi and Tyson, whoever. And then the rookies on this team are really like the X factors in a lot of nights. It's true. So it's, it's good to see them playing well. Um, yeah. Naismith, Naismith not looking, you know, absolutely terrified when he's on the court. It's a good sign. It's a good sign. Yeah, it's been fun. Um, I don't think Romeo's going to come back for a long time. So to see these guys play well is good. I think Pritchard is supposed to come back in two or three weeks, which is a miracle based on just his reaction to that whole thing. It yeah. looked like, and not to trigger you, it looked like the Jeremy Lin torn ACL. Where it he's did. just like, he grabs it, he realizes, and he's just like, I'm done. And he yeah. starts crying. That's like kind of what Pritchard did. Uh, it was tough to see. It was tough to you see. see. I think he thought picture, it was worse than it was. What? You see the picture he posted on Instagram? It's <laughs> him being guarded by Derrick Rose. I'll be back. Yeah. I think it was meant as a joke, but come on, man. <laughs> it, 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 I think it was a very Peyton Pritchard uh, yeah. post. Um, I'll let, and, I'll let it slide. And, and you're right. I think we do need to give Naismith a little bit of credit. Um, I said that he belonged in the G League. I still think he would have benefited off it. Um, but yeah, I mean, he looks he looks more and out like he's not making terrible plays. Um, I'm not gonna lie, he he tried like a step back move and like banked in a three at the top of the key, and it just bad. looks like it just looks it, it's something that has a good result but looks terrible. Um, but I want to talk about a guy who's really impressed me, and you you, you mentioned in the beginning of this podcast is Jalen Brown, and this is a quick exercise here. I want you to to guess who's who's stat line throughout the years in the first four years of his career. Guess if it's, if it's Paul George or Jalen Brown. So the first mystery guy, we have 6.6 .6 points rookie year, then 14.5, and then 13, and then 20. And then, then player number two is 7.8, 12.1, 17.4, and then 21.7. Who do you think is Paul George? Who do you think is Jalen Brown? When you listed off the first one, it sounded like Jalen Brown, but mm. it kind of plateaued. Whereas the second one, I think sounds more like Jalen Brown. So what do you think? You think it's the second one? I think the second one. The second one is Paul George. And okay. this is what I'm saying is that 
it's comparable. And the, the reason with the, the 14 or 13 year was a hundred percent just because of Kyrie coming to town. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously you're playing with a top five point guard in the league. You're just not going to be as productive as a wing, but his numbers and his, in, in his jump this year from 20.3 to 27.3, you you have to look, you have to look at it very seriously and say, do we have the next Paul George? And that's not a ridiculous thing to say anymore. Uh, and that's pretty substantial. If we have, He's been awesome. I mean, dude, if we have the player that Tatum is kind of evolving to be, uh, and then we have Jalen Brown, who's the next Paul George. I mean, where, where do we stand in terms of like in, in one year, in two years? This is my whole argument of why we do not, by all means, do not trade these two players because this nucleus, this, this it's... I don't want to be blasphemous, but it can turn into a Kawhi, Paul George type caliber duo that you build around that we have some good supporting cast. We have some good developing players. I think we're getting better. I think uh, and, uh, we're on the up and up and Jalen Brown is a huge part of that. I think that Jalen and Tatum like are going to be awesome this year. J- Jalen Brown this year uh, has been as far su- succeeded my expectations. I think that just you, you listed off those points per game over the last four years. All of those points per game happened while he was, at best, the third option. Yeah. Even when he had 23 points a game, he's still the third option. Um, so it's really encouraging to see him like ascend into the second yeah. option role. I think that it was born from the fact that if he wanted to score, he had to be efficient. He had to catch and shoot like Clay Thompson. He had to be able to just do one move, drive to the rim. Play good defense. Um, play good defense. And so he was brought up in a way where he had to just take advantage of his scenario. And now he completely is being the last week he was the number one option and he didn't disappoint. Marcus Smart also had a good week quickly before we move on to our, our next set of games. Marcus Smart has been doing a pretty good job running the offense. I like what I've seen from him, him more recently than the beginning of the year. He had a couple 20 point games as well. If we have Tatum and Brown being their best version of themselves, we have Smart being a defensive anchor and just like making the right play on offense. If he can shoot, that's a bonus. If Kemba Walker is 90% the version of Kemba Walker we need him to be, we have a super good team, and all we yeah. need is a good center, which is – it's been about 10 years of saying that on the Celtics. And but, we got $40 million to make it right, don't yep. we? So We got 29-ish. 29. We have $30 million to make it right. And, I, you know, I've been hard on Ainge, um, but I think this is his time to shine. Um Listen, you haven't made a lot of good. Let's be let's be the, the Romeo Langford versus the Tyler Hero. Like what we could have had and what we got is is it's it's gut wrenching. It, it, it's nothing less than absolutely horrible. Um, but and and Neesmith is I guess the jury's still out. But he he can kind of redeem himself totally with, with all these wasted first round picks. He goes and gets a player we need um, come the trade deadline. Uh, that's all it's really going to take. I really am. I'm, I'm that high on this whole Tatum Brown thing. It's everything that I want it to be. And you're completely right. Just like the Clippers, we actually have like a, uh, maybe more last year, but we actually have a lot of great pieces around our, our core of Tatum and Brown. So yeah, moving on to the next few games, I'm feeling pretty good really no matter yeah. who we face. So we have four games in the next week, maybe three, because I think one's going to get canceled. But really quickly, uh, before we jump into that, I want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. We've only seen like three or four games of them with all their starters. Um, And it's been interesting because what we looked at was like, this team is going to be unstoppable. What's going to stop them? We said last week or two weeks ago, it was going to be if they can gel and if they can play defense. 
And I, for me so far, I'll let you go, but I, I've seen them gel and I haven't seen them play defense, which worries me. What do you think? Is it, I think it's funny. They've done everything but win. Like they, They've shown everything that you want to see from them, but they just haven't been winning. Um, I think it's a total effort thing, man. I, it's it's going to be so hard to motivate this team, especially as a rookie head coach and Steve Nash. Really hard to motivate this team. This is a this is a team that if they make the if they get the eighth seed, like they think they're going to the finals. Like you know, that's the kind of mentality that they're under. And I, I think who plays better defense than the kid who like the bench player who finally gets a shot to prove that he's worth being a starter? It's the effort. It's the you know that fire, that intensity. I don't expect. KD, Kyrie, and James Harden to have that kind of effort in the defensive end until later in the season. Um, so yeah. I'm going to give them a break. Um, their defense is horrible. They can't stop anybody. But I don't think they're trying to stop anybody. I'm serious. Like, people, they rail on, on Harden especially, but Kyrie and KD, oh, they're not playing good defense. You really think that they can't play good defense when they want to try? Like, that they're not, like – top one percentile in the world kind of athletes that can play good like they can when they want to turn it up they will i'm not really worried about the nuts i'm sure we're going to see them in the playoffs if we uh, make it to them but yeah i mean they got to figure something out they got to make it to the playoffs so you know something's got to change the nets uh their, their their defense was bad before they traded away jared allen and now it's one of the worst in the league and on top of that, I'm going to take a quote from Steve Nash that I liked a lot, which is that every team that is playing the Nets is like treating it like it's one of their biggest games of the season. Like, oh, like we're, we're coming to Brooklyn to play like the new big three. Like everyone's excited to play this team and like try and get a win out of them. So I can see how like Colin Sexton, like breathing out of his nose, like fire coming yeah. out of his ears, like can, can pull off some wins. Like that was an awesome game that he had, but what I've seen from this big three, like putting putting them in like a vacuum, James Harden has taken a huge step down in terms of his usage. He's still dribbling a lot and stuff, but he's way more focused on assists. He has had a couple games under 20 points, which you're not usually used to seeing from him. He's taken definitely the least amount of shots out of Kyrie and KD. So when you looked at like Harden, KD, and Kyrie, like there's only one basketball. How do these guys share it so much? Someone needs to take a step down. No one has the ego to take a step down. Harden so far has had the ego to be able to take a step down a little bit. I don't necessarily know if that's the right call. I feel like Harden should be the second scorer and Kyrie should be the third scorer, but Kyrie has been taking the most shots still. I don't know if it matters because they're all so good. Like, I think that if Harden takes a step back, then they're going to have a ton of success. Yeah. I think people, because of how Harden's been playing in the last three years, like they expected him to not be able to kind of gel into something new or play with people that are better than him or maybe on par with him, you know? Um, and he's kind of proven people wrong in that instance. Um, and this is what, I don't want to go back to this, but I'm going to. The, the Sixers would have totally been better with Harden. And what Harden has shown to be able to be like, oh, you want to make me the main facilitator? He's proved in the last three years he can be a point guard. Um, and that's what he's doing right now. And like Kyrie has had to play off the ball before playing with LeBron. Um, that like, the, I think these players are really well equipped to kind of gel in that way. Um, but yeah, man, I, I, I think the Harden showing his malleability is really, I mean, do you think that the Sixers are better off without him? Like, do you think the Sixers are better with Embiid? Because I'm going to say it right now, if the Sixers had Harden, I don't think that, I don't think the Nets or us are beating them. 
The Sixers with Harden would be terrifying. Um, I don't know what they would have had to give up. I assume a lot. But um, Harden and Embiid would be much, much scarier to me than Simmons and Embiid. Because when we played Embiid, we're guarding Embiid with our whole team and fouling him. And whenever he wants to pass out to an open guy that isn't Ben Simmons, they can get a pretty open (laughs) shot. So if you add Harden in there, it's a disaster. But the Nets, I think so far, have done well. They've lost some games, but like I think that that big three unit um, is showing more signs that they can play together than I expected. I'm still holding out hope that like you know when the Celtics got Kyrie, they got off to a super fast start. Like everything was everything was the Garden was Eden, and then by by the playoffs, by the end of the year, it just it got to be like a really bad scenario. So if they keep losing because they're not playing defense and things start to some drama starts to come out that way then maybe this team falls apart. But the trajectory they're on right now is scary. They're good. I think that the trajectory they're going on right now is that they'll be fine, but they need to figure it out. And at the end of the day, like playing team basketball matters. That's why the Heat beat us last year. Um, they play, just played better team basketball than us. We we're much talent, more talented than them. And here we are like kind of on the opposite side of that, where if we can gel and if we can have better team chemistry and we can move the ball around better than the Nets, that might put us over the edge. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too worried about them just yet. No. Um, it's been fun to watch them as well. So, you know, yeah, you, you take, you take for it for sure. what it is. It's the NBA. It's the greatest show on earth. We've got four games in the next week. Hopefully we're supposed to play the Spurs on Thursday, on Wednesday. And yeah. I don't think that's going to happen because they've had a couple like COVID protocols in a row and I think it's expected that we won't play them again. The team, like Brad said, like, I don't want to fly to Texas until they say that we're definitely playing. So I don't think the team has even left yet. Yeah. But the Bulls were supposed to play the Grizzlies, I think, on Wednesday. And that game was is already canceled. And so what people are I've been hearing or saying is that we have to make up a game against the Bulls this year. We play them on Monday. Their Wednesday game is canceled. Our Wednesday game is probably canceled. And our team is still in Chicago. So... I'm hearing a lot of people say we should just make up the Bulls game on Wednesday, which I would be a huge fan of. They're saying yeah. they might try and do that like later in the season, like trying to like the first half to see how it plays out and the second half you make up all the games. But mm-hmm. I don't want a super heavy schedule like right at the end. Like no. I would love for us if they can work this out to have a game on Wednesday regardless. If it's the Spurs, um, I think we'll handle the Spurs pretty well. Nothing on that team that scares me too much. It kind of t- kills us every time. They're just like that. a team at a time, though. Moves. Like it's a, it's a dunk contest with Rob Williams, like against the That's Spurs. Um, like I, I think that team is like a couple years uh, overdue for for a rebuild, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, then the Lakers on Saturday. That'll be super fun um, to have us with Kemba Brown and Tatum against the Lakers. Um, I would expect the Lakers to to be able to pull out a win there, but we have played really well against the Lakers, at least last year. True. So it's going to be a great game. And then rounding out, we have the Warriors and Kings, which the Warriors either put up 130 or 80 each game, it seems like. And the Kings, I know nothing about this season. The Kings, they, they're not terrible. Um, obviously, Tyrese, like being a, a promising rookie, helps them. Um, they kind of moved away from Bagley and kind of relied a lot more on their wings and healed and Fox and they have a lot more identity now. I think they're a dangerous team. The Lakers game, this has been us for the last few years where like we're one of the few teams in the league that throw multiple guys at LeBron. Um, we put Tatum on LeBron, you know, Brown and LeBron, like they can take, you can put Marcus Smart on him to see if you can just get on their skin a little bit 
so that's why I don't mind our chances against the Lakers. Like, obviously, AD is going to be a problem, but AD is going to be a problem for everybody, you know. So it's not, it's not like a crazy big deal. I think that it's not out of the realm possibilities that the Lakers might not even show up motivated for it. And we blew them out, I think, a couple times last year. Uh, so I feel pretty good about that. I think that the inconsistent, or I guess the not knowing who we're going to play on Wednesday and not knowing if it's going to be a game or I'll, I think we've just been so screwed by COVID stuff. Um, if any team, any other team loses their best player for like 17 days, it just, in, in a 72 game season, it's just, it's so, it's very, very difficult to get over that. If we have to like have this, like, are we playing or are we not playing thing and then lose to like the Bulls because of that or something, it's just, it's just another way in which like we're getting kind of screwed. Uh, so yeah, hope, I think that the, the front part of that um, is really going to determine whether or not we're going into that Lakers game with a good attitude. Yeah, a week off before a Lakers game would be a little bit tough, but maybe for guys like Tatum, who's you know just getting Coming over back. Yep. illness, and you know Kemba obviously didn't play in the second game of the back-to-back. So yep. rest is nice, but we've had a lot of rest recently. Yeah, um, that's for sure. Hopefully we get four games in before our next show. Um, hopefully we play on Wednesday, but there's 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 no telling right now that is going to do it for this week on double take celtics you can subscribe on itunes at double celtics double take or go find double take on youtube for extra credit you can follow the double take show on instagram james got any last words agent p we miss you get well soon buddy get well soon fast pp p rabbit (laughs) um peace out love it go celtics see you next week thank you